Hello, everybody. What's going on here on a Wednesday recap show of last night's episode? Wait for you people to get on. Then I'm going to go to Facebook and hope I can see you guys on Facebook. I don't know what's going on there. I know YouTube side is okay. We'll wait for people to come in. Let me look over here like usual. Yep. Hello, Becky. What's going on? We're good today. Yesterday, I don't know what Facebook was doing yesterday, but we're good today. Hello, Starlene. Thanks for coming in. And of course, from Eastern Canada, way up there, is Judy. Hello, Judy. Hello, John. Hi, everybody. Good to be here, as always, on this very cold night in Canada. Yupper, I'm getting sick of this cold, I'm getting sick of this snow, and I'm getting sick of my plowing bills. Yeah, exactly, John. I guess we got to just hold on. Spring will come. Oh, my lordy forty. March can't go fast enough. You're right. I agree with you 100%. But don't forget, the faster we wish March to go by is the faster season nine will be over, too. So I got to I gotta watch out, you know? Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and what are we going to do? We'll figure something out like last year. But uh, we waited for the episode yesterday after two weeks. And I get more of a thrill, uh, Judy. Like when they show next week, I get more pumped up about, because you already saw this show, and it's like, okay, they hit bedrock at 150 feet. They came up empty. You think we go, uh, what about those guys that are investing in it? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's got to be hard on them. I, I know I was kind of a little down last night myself, so I know it had to be hard on them. Hello, Danny. How are you? Yeah, that's why I tried to prepare you guys. I said, it looks like uh, spoils to me. It looks like Dunfield spoils. A lot of stuff moves around down there. They just got to find the right spot of where it's coming from. Or are they digging in the right spot? You know what I mean? Right. Now, let's hope the one coming up will be the right one. Hello, Linda. So I'm afraid we're going to fetch a lot of flack on, well, that was our most prominent decision on that hole, and they came up empty. I was surprised. I have to admit I was. But the surprise is also, Judy, that it's a section they can X out. You know, well, we didn't find nothing in this 10-foot circle. All right, try another circle, another 10-footer. On the other side of C1. Right. And that just might work. I would wish they finished with C1 before they did all this and go get that gold piece that they dropped out of the wall in the beginning of last season and and go from there. You know what I mean? That would be nice. We're going to wonder the rest of our lives what that was. Yeah. You know, put, put the old vacuum system in there. Suck everything out of there like they sucked out of 10X. Or eventually re uh position a can and go right down uh 
on the side of uh, 10X. Go right in there. It would be nice, John. Hopefully they're listening. Nah, they don't listen. <laughs> but it's like, okay, they hit bedrock. Well, suppose they chiseled into bedrock. You see the castles they made and everything else. Well, suppose it's in there. You hit the top of it. Well, why don't we drill a hole in there a little bit, two feet or whatever? You know what I mean? Yes, I would. Now, John, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, sounds like a good idea to me. Yup, Tammy. But you know what I mean? They hit the concrete. They uh, they couldn't pick up anymore. Well, I forgot where they drilled. I think they drilled C1. They had to put a drill in the can to go through. Well, just go drill, say, I don't know, go three feet. You got all the equipment there. Right, and, exactly. and you got the cost. And then maybe put a camera down there. Maybe put a drop of camera down there. That would be darn good, I think. I'd like to see or there. drop a big magnet down there. Lift the case on up eight or ten feet. And just hope the sides don't cave in on your equipment. Because you can't put a metal detector inside a steel can. You know what I mean? Right, gotcha. So lift the um, case on, up slow, let the magnet look around first, not and pull that up, send down a uh, metal detector remotely, lift the can up about 8 or 10 feet, and just follow the can up. As long as the sides don't fall in, you lost the uh, metal detector, you know what I mean? Right. I could tell us something. Hello, Jeff. We're going through crazy ideas here. Hello, Kathy. Well, those are a couple more questions I'm going to be asking. You know who's coming on this Monday night? Oh, we do. We're looking forward to it, too. Vanessa will be with us this Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I'm even going to ask her, like, the first case on, can't they make, like, a 10-footer that's just made for treasure hunting? You know, like robotic arms on it or some kind of crazy search and you know you, you know those submarines that go down uh, 30 miles in the ocean or whatever right yes i mean it's not all murky but i'm just saying something like that at the end of the case on to actually see with like strobe lights uh, lights that can affect the uh, uh seeing capability the vision of these things maybe a little filter that's in the side that can suck some of the sediment away so you can see almost i'm not talking about like a windshield wiper on it but you know just to see you know judy yeah that that sounds like a good idea I'll ask her see what she says yep karen but i'm just saying put it down in there for anything hello hook what's happening and cindy monroe hello cindy but i'm just saying okay we move on to the next hole Okay. And we got it all in screenshots and stuff. Yeah, they did that to the Titanic. Yeah, but it wasn't murky water, you know? And if you lift up the case on, it's all mud on the sides, mud and wood and all the stuff you saw them take up uh, that they had a scan through, uh, Kathy. It's so mucky they can't see. But I'm pretty sure, like, overnight, it might settle down a little bit just to take a look down in there. Yup, there's the can. Lift it up eight feet. Well, there's a big rock, or there's bedrock, or take a sample off the 
teeth that that's what they're hitting bed, bedrock. And go from there. And we don't know if there's any side tunnels. We have nothing to know but wood, some pieces of metal, and dirt, and some boulders. There were certainly some big beams in there, though, John. That's why I was really shocked when they didn't find anything. Well, they could have went by a side tunnel that they just ripped through. But we don't know if it was a side tunnel because we can't determine if there is a side tunnel. You know what I mean? That's true, yes. They went through something because they sure got a lot of big beans. Yep. Well, they'll be uh, testing it for that old wood they're looking for and the new wood. You know, you got the searchers, you got the depositors. And um, they'll get all that data to see what that wood they came up from there. Because they don't throw that back in. They fill it up with uh, uh, item three rocks and fill. The whole money pit's going to be all filled of item three. And that's where you'll see a lot of gray material, a lot of small round rocks. That's the fill when they fill up these holes. Okay. Yeah, they can't tap it down 150 feet. They just dump it in the hole. Maybe they scoop it with the scooper and send some down. I don't know what they do. You know, once they take the caisson out, maybe uh, a Billy just brings the dump truck over and just dumps right into there. You know what I mean? That could very well be. That would make sense. Yes, yeah, Scott, I thought about that, dropping a metal detector down there just to see. But we don't know if they went by a, a, a side tunnel, they hit bedrock, and on to the next. Yep, Scott. Yep. Um, all righty, it's 7.30. I want to thank my YouTube supporters, the Knights, the Captains, uh, the Marshals, the Senechels, and all the Super Chats and sticker live show bonus points you're giving me i appreciate it so much um i want to thank uh, virginia and starlene and caroline and luke and jeff and curtis and Jana and kelly and becky and josh mark barbara sand dollar todd renee t roxy jazz d and wayne and also to judy i thank you so much you're on the phone live i thank you so much you're welcome, John, with all my heart. And the professor, Daniel Spino, keeping us on the ball with his history lessons and great researchers throughout the week, and especially on Sundays. He's the best. And Dee Dee Williamham for doing those profiles. I got to give her kudos for that because that was just a fantastic job, and she does great. Oh, she did a great job, John. Hello, Thomas and Luke Rich. How are you? If anybody sees Scott Dilly, please tell him to get a hold of me or email me or PM me. I can't really do that when he comes on live. I don't know how to find you guys. Or if you're just on YouTube, I don't know how to email you. Hello, robot. And uh, his name is Scott Dilly. Also, send to Renee anything. They got you whacked out watching Oak Island. Say, hey, I'm going to make this. I'm going to make a cake. I'm going to make this. I'm going to do that. Send it to us. Renee takes care of that. And we'll show it as it builds up. Also want to thank my moderators, Tammy, Judy, Renee, Michelle, Daniel, Starlene, Kathy, and Scott. 
And to our Quest Lifetime Contributor, Chris Donor. Our call-in number is, when you see it scrolling on the bottom, is one 313 I want to thank all my Quest of Oak Island Facebook group. I want to thank my YouTube members, my subscribers. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's only got about 2,500. We should have about seven to 8,000. It's free. That's all you got to do is hit the button. I only have 38% people subscribed. There's 62% that are not subscribed at all watching our podcast, watching our content. If you enjoy the content, you enjoy the podcast, that's showing uh, support, and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I want to thank my Twitch followers and Twitter. We're getting about 30 to 40 people watching our live show on Twitter, and some of them are coming over to Facebook and YouTube. So I thank you guys watching right now on Twitter. And also our anchor host, uh, the podcast that are audible with me and Judy. They go all over the place from iHeartRadio, over 60% now are on Apple Radio, Re- Apple Tunes, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, Judy. It's just going more. We had over 7,500 listens, like you know I told you yesterday. I thank everybody out there. Wow, John, that is just amazing to me. And I just want to say, come on, guys, subscribe. John's not going to make you work or anything. Just subscribe for him. Right, I'm not going to put you to work. It's free. You just hit the subscribe button. And I was saying, at least out of 71,000 people, at least 10%, because I was just going to put this content only on YouTube. So I think because they see it on Facebook and YouTube, you know, why go to YouTube? Because John puts it on Facebook. I might have to just do these podcasts only on YouTube so you guys come over. You know what I mean? Yes, we do. Hello, Curtis. Hello, Deborah Polk. Let me see. Robot had something to say over here. This guy comes up with stuff. Marty has his winery. Should know this. Send the camera with lights to the bottom. Drop two gallons of Benonite, a wine perfecting liquid. Leave for a couple of days in view. You know, Robot, they tried some stuff in C1. And the diver couldn't reach the bottom because it was buoyant. Do you remember that, Judy, or no? I do remember, yes, clearly. I think once I get Mike Huntley on here, um, they put some kind of stuff in there to clear it up, but it sort of turned like the jelly in the water, and he couldn't get to the bottom because of the buoyancy of this chemical. So I'm pretty sure they got everything out there. We'll try anything. Hello, Gloria. How are you? Thanks for coming in. Thomas McCoy, Matt Chaplin. The crew is here. The crew is here. And I still can't get over the uh, response from Laird Niven's uh, video. It was fantastic. The podcast was fantastic. And if you can, he's doing a ride for cancer up there in Canada. It's on, if you look up for Laird Niven, I don't post uh, GoFundMe links or any kind of links. But if you want to support Laird, I think he's going out on October 5th. He's looking to raise $1,000. Please help him out. I really appreciate it. Hello, Dan. How are you? All righty. So, Judy, we might as well get into it pretty soon here. I guess we might as well. You got your water ready? I got water here, yes. Just water tonight. Oh, crap. Ashley, you're never late. I think she says that every week, John. 
All right, let me uh, get Judy's picture up here to give her credit. I got Judy's picture up there. I'm in the little box in the corner. And Judy, your picture's up there. Go ahead. I thank you very much. Okay, everybody. This is Season 9, Episode 17, and it's called Gold Diggers. It's a new morning on Oak Island, and in the Money Pit area, Vanessa from Rock informs the team they are at a depth of 92 feet in hole TF1, and they have so far brought up many large timbers. She wonders if they could be in a broken shaft. The team thinks that because of the boot found here last week that was made from 1908 to 1909, this could be the shaft dug by Franklin Delano Roosevelt in 1909. They know that FDR found a heavy wooden platform at 107 feet down, so Rick says to keep digging. In the southeast corner of the swamp, Outside of the off-limits area in the uplands, Alex is scanning with the CPR 3D scanner. The team is hoping to find a continuation of the stone road coming from the swamp. An anomaly shows up on the screen at three feet deep, just the right depth for a road. Back at the money pit, they have reached a depth of 107 feet, and Gary is detecting the spoils. He picks up a wooden dowel or peg, like the ones found earlier, from a structure dated 1488. The beeper goes off, and David digs up a large, heavy iron fastener that Laird says is hand-forged, so could be pre-searcher. Around the same time, at Smith's Cove, a similar piece of hand-forged iron is found. Rick declares they will test these pieces in the CT scanner and tells the guys to keep searching. The next morning in the research center, Marty, Alex, and David meet with Steve, who has just finished analyzing the data from the GPR 3D scanner used in the area of the Stone Road. The data shows that the road does continue towards the pine tar kiln. So Steve suggests they now investigate north of where they have been scanning to see if it lines up. Marty says, let's get Gary up there now. At the money pit, Vanessa informs the team that the can is now at 137 feet down and they are getting ready to stack another can. Close by, near hole 10X at the wash table, Alex finds a piece of concrete. Then Jack picks up an even larger piece. Ian says they are not natural and since they could be part of the vault, Marty wants them tested. Later that afternoon on Lot 15 in the Uplands, Gary and Peter are detecting, and Peter digs up a large iron spike, and Gary says it is wrought iron 
and could be a rose head spike. The beeper goes off again, and Peter digs up a chunky piece of iron that Gary says is hand-forged and looks like the head of a claw hammer and is probably pre-searcher. Peter then digs up another piece of iron that looks like a square spike. These pieces are all in the area of the pine tar kiln, so they will be cleaned and tested. Later that same day, at the money pit, they continue to dig hole TF1 and hit something too heavy to bring up, so they try a smaller hammer grab to enable more working room in the caisson. More water comes up, so Andrew, who is with Rock, believes they have hit bedrock. Disappointed, Rick tells Vanessa to put TF1 to bed and move on to the next hole. Steve arrives with metal found in the wash plant at Smith Cove. He says this metal looks just like the shiny metal found in the six-inch hole, D2, so it will be tested right away. Marty arrives at the archaeology trailer with the metal, and Kelly and Joan, after cleaning it, put it in the XRS machine for testing. Both pieces show signs of gold, so Marty believes this data will help them decide where to drill next. Later, as the team gathers around the war room table, Marty declares they have good news and bad news. The bad news is that there was nothing at the bottom of hole TF1. Doug believes they were too far west of the money pit, so they should now put a case on down over the six-inch hole CD 4.5, which is near hole C1. The good news is that gold was found in the six-inch hole D2, and then in the 10-foot hole TF1 dug over top of D2. Because of the gold found, Rick announces they will continue to dig close to these holes. Will they find more gold in the next dig? Stay tuned, acorns, to see if the vault is found. And in the meantime, stay safe, please. Very, very professionally done. Judy, I thank you so much on a weekly basis. I thank you so much. Thank you so much, John. I enjoyed it. And of course, you got to tell the members this will be printed out on the Facebook Quest group so you guys can read it out later on. Let me pop out here. Hold on. And very good, Judy. Very, very good. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Boy, you guys are the best. I'll tell you. You sure make my day. There's Dee Dee Williamham. Don't forget to support her and her channel. Hi, Dee Dee. I just never get up early enough to, to catch her. Or I'm gone. You know what I mean, Judy? Yes, I understand clearly. <laughs> 
I'm not an early morning person either, John. We're ready. Let's uh, get you out of here. Let's see here. All righty. There I be. Put up a couple of the uh, fabulous and perfect and unbelievable. I wish I could hug you all. Very, very good. Alrighty. So how many people were disappointed that they didn't pull up a pirate chest last night? I know I sure was anyway, and I sure felt for Rick. And Vanessa, too, you could really see it on her face that she was disappointed. Yep, and how, how they promoted it was brutal. Like they said, this was their best spot, their best location for the first case on. You know what I mean, guys? Right. I was sure with all that timber, there was something there. Karen, I believe you. I hope they would, but I guess they didn't. But uh, I don't know. I was hoping for something. Just a little something. Not at all, but just something. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Yeah. Something that to tell us there is something more down there. But I was like Linda. It seemed like it was in the debris field. But then when they say, the only thing that gets me crazy, guys, is when they don't find anything in this hole, and then like Doug says, well, we should have went more west. Well, why didn't you say that before, before they made the decision? You know what I mean? Right, yes. Yeah, and that, you know, it could be that uh, uh, someone else thought that place was the best place. Scott. I know Rick did, I think. Scott, please email me at questofoakisland at aol.com. I can't find you. I can't email you. I'm looking for you on Facebook. Uh, I got to talk to you, Scott. Thank you. Scott Dilly's in the show here. Thank you, Scott. Hi, Scott. The role Roberto, the nauseous, the Espanyana. Well, how did that sound? That sounded pretty good on that one, didn't it? You did. Very good. Yep, Linda. And like I kept on telling people, for 200 and, I don't know, what is it now, 40 years? I don't know. I can't even count anymore. Are they in the wrong spot? So many holes, so many shafts that keep on going to the money pit. Dan Blankenship says it was a it was a roost. The, the money pit was just a roost. I wish they would put some other effort on the west side of the island. That's my own personal opinion. Because like I even told Scott Walter, Walter, which I want to thank him. He sent me three of his books. Signed, Judy. Oh, that was nice. That was nice. Good, good. And also, the only person that sent me a book was Gustino, the one that had uh, thinking of uh, Nolan's Cross as part of a church. Everybody right. else that wanted to sell their books on here, I never got one book. Imagine that. Wow. Wow. That's nice of Scott to do that. Yeah. So, and I got a big response from him. So I think you guys would like to see him on again, I think. I mean, believe him or not, but it's just very good 
knowledge to believe him or not. It's just fascinated to listen to him. What do you think, Judy? Yeah, I think so. He certainly stirs things up anyway, doesn't he? Yep. Yep. John Tom asked Thomas asked a question here. What was so heavy they couldn't lift it up? And that was confusing to me too. When you hit bedrock, Obviously, when you hit bedrock, yeah. it's just a big slab of bedrock that's harder than steel and it's just scraping on the top. The scraper can't get it. It's just because if it was wood, it would chew it up. If it was concrete, right. if it was concrete, it would break it up. But when the crane opera says it's just on top, it's too big. It could be a 20-foot wide boulder. I have no idea down there. But they figure it's a bedrock. But I would check, you know, check on the teeth of the uh, excavator there, the grabber, and see if there's uh, bedrock material on the teeth. You know what I mean? You got um, Terry Matheson that can tell you what the heck's on there. You know what I mean? Right, for sure. What do Thank I you. I just was a that when she said they couldn't pick it up, I was just a little confused. Hello, Professor. Thanks for coming in. You know Hi, what I'm Daniel. So does that make sense, Judy? Yes, it does, John. And that's what yes, I, I and that's what I was saying. I don't know if you can drill through bedrock, but um you know, send the drill down there. Maybe drill through two feet or something, maybe or whatever. Maybe it's a piece of bedrock that's only three inches thick. I don't know. Just that's what goes through my head, you know. Right. Yeah, I think we all try and come up with ideas that uh, might go further. Well, Curtis, I was saying as they pulled the caissons up out of the hole about 10 feet, then dropped the metal detector below the caisson, as long as the sides don't cave in and you lose your metal detector. You know what I mean, Curtis? That's what I was trying to say on that. Hello, Russ. How are you? But then what do I know? I'm just a fan. Yeah, Thomas points out with all the water, anything on the uh, hammer grab would probably come off anyway. Yep, Virginia. Very much so. All right, let's see some screenshots because I like pictures. I like simple pictures. My brain is fried. I can't handle no angles or all this kinds of crazy stuff. Johnny needs pictures to decipher what's going on. Yes, Ross. Russ. They're in the Diffield dig, Dunfield's dig, but they got to go deeper than 120 feet, I'd say. You know, behind the 140 if they're getting in the middle. They say the sides are right a slope, but I don't know. They already did, Scott. They already took D2 core samples. Remember on the sausage table, they already drilled that hole, and they just followed with a bigger can, that's all. But I was wondering why the drill program didn't hit bedrock. Answer me that. That's true, John. <laughs> okay, Terry Matheson, where are you? Yeah, the bedrock. Yeah, when they drill D2 with choice drilling and they throw the sausage casings on the table, well, this is level this, this is level 100, this is level 110, this is where we found some metal, blah, blah, blah. You mean they didn't go down to 100? They didn't go down to bedrock when they drilled the D2 so they would know at 150 there's bedrock? 
Yeah, Linda, I don't know. Mass Confusion on YouTube. They have episodes 17 and 16, and 16 was drilling down. I don't know. We're just calling it episode 17. Next week is 18. That's what we're going by until somebody corrects us. Me and Judy get always confused with that, right, Judy? Right. I'm going by the channel I watch is uh, called Philo, and it says 17 for last <laughs> night, guys. <laughs> so what I'm thinking of, these holes that they already drilled, they already got information. You know, if they found gold on metal, they found the uh, spooners, silvers, uh, direction was a high volume of silver. They got this information, and what they're just putting over a six-inch hole or seven-inch hole, a 10-foot case on. You know what I mean, Judy? Yes. So you wonder why are they finding that now when they didn't before, right? That's what you're saying. Right, because you saw that hole in that rock that the, uh, the drill went through when they spit it out of the uh, caisson. Yes. So they should have known at 150, oh, we're hitting bedrock. There's all powder or whatever with Terry Madison. They should have known at 150 because you're not going to just drill the 140. I drill right down to the drill don't go anymore. You know what I mean? Looking for voids, looking for anything. Right, for sure. So I'm getting more confused as the seasons go on. I'm getting more confused. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good, John. <laughs> not good at all for old Johnny here. Not good, not good. <laughs> your your C1 drill program, the cluster program, is for pre-drilling information. So when you start spending the big bucks, you know where to put the big canisters. Again, when Vanessa comes on Monday night, see if she agrees with me or not. She's the one that knows, you know what I mean? Right, she will. I mean, she only can say so much. She's under uh, NDA also. But she can tell me the procedures they go through, not what they found or they didn't find, but they, she can tell me the procedures, you know what I mean? I'm looking forward to that. Yep, Linda, the dates on the wood. They said there was new wood, there was old wood, there was new wood. But they could have went through a, a, a tunnel and went right by it, and we don't know if there's an off chamber with these can canisters, canisters, caissons. So we can drill a million 10-foot cans. If we can't see if there's a side chamber or hit the side chamber right on, we'll never know. You know what I mean, Judy? This is that they could go right through one, right? They can go right through one, but then they would pick up some kind of treasure. You know, if they're hit, if they're going through one, as the grabber goes down, goes down, and goes down, and hits a three-foot off chamber and pulls up some treasure, well, they know there it was, you know? Right. Going sideways, you know? Not a void. That's just a void on the bottom, like C, uh, C1. Right. Gotcha. So here we are with the big 10-foot canister. Now they're moving on the other side of C1. And I got a promo uh, from next week that's pretty exciting. Good. Because I was looking at the debris coming out of this one, and I just saw a lot of uh, a lot of backfill for some reason. I don't know why that was. And I told you guys, sort of, but I was just getting that bad feeling, you know? Yes. junk and there's the professor it's such a small amount of gold found on mostly iron pieces of metal i suspect gold was melted down on that metal in its residual material yeah resolution. yeah 
Good thought. And there's uh, Vanessa and Danny. He's at the controls. A lot of times those controls are inside a little little hut when it was real cold out. That's working the uh, oscillator. That's Danny. That's always with uh, rock equipment. And there she is. She'll be on this Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern time. It's still a go. But you know, Judy, things can change. You never know. You never know. But uh, hopefully all goes well and we've got something to look forward to on Monday night. And then Gary says, yeah. They would have been better off doing a big dig. But I don't think the Providence will let them do a big dig, Gary. That's why they're doing it 10-foot circles at a time. Just too big of a disruption. You know what I'm saying, Judy? Yes. Um, I got a feeling that was probably the, the problem, John. I mean, where do you put all the dirt? Where, I mean, there's just too many things to open up a big hole like that. The correct way now with all the safety things that's supposed to be done. It would be unbelievable. And I was hearing about a $25 million project. If they would let them. They don't not even let them dig in the swamp, let alone do a big dig in the money pit. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm thinking, guys, that if they did find a piece of something in the money pit, it would come to a stop. And then Laird and everybody else would be really, really slow going to the spot that they found something and open it right up. You know, Judy? Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, I feel good about the... Um, uh, the, the uh, head guy, I can't think of the name right now, in uh, premier of Nova Scotia being um, with the show a bit. He really likes it and enjoys it. Yeah, so I'm hoping that he will be of help. I think it's Tim Horton. Tim something. I don't know. I can't remember myself. Yeah, something like that. I know it's Tim, and I know it starts with an H. Yeah. Houston. 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 There you go, Houston. And there's Danny. I always give him credits, even when... Uh, Vanessa comes on. I always want you to tell him, hey, say the crew says hello to Danny. He knows what he's he doing. He gets that guy. excited, doesn't he? Yeah. He does get excited. Yep, Scott. I don't know why they didn't go down the bedrock. 150 to hit bedrock. Well, maybe they knew. Who knows? Like you said, you've got production of the TV show, and you got the circuit side. Always got to keep that in mind. Then here's that paper that uh, Doug found. We're already at a pit of 107 feet. At that depth, we found a heavy platform. So they went right through that, you know what I mean? Right. So that might be where a lot of that wood was from. Yep, Scott, I agree. I agree. We can't even get a camera down there, so... They put a camera down C1 when they drilled the six-inch hole. They put that sewer camera right down in there because something would shiny would show, you know. Could be pirate, could right. be um, pirate, or could be gold or whatever. Right, yeah. So I don't understand why they can't do it again. I agree with the professor. 
They are in Dunfield's big dig area. I'm not sure there's anything to find in that area except for small clues in the spoils and backfield. Whatever he pushed back in the hole from whatever area, Professor, we have no idea where it's coming from, is in there. Not unless they go deep, right to bedrock. I agree. But we've been saying this for years. Seems like we keep on repeating ourselves, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. Yeah, Dunfield did a lot of damage, and it's really too bad. I see some of those pictures. The The backfield he was pushing over the money pit was over 25 feet high because I saw the bulldozer on top of the dirt he was pushing over. I'm going, oh, my lordy, 40. Yeah, he just went at it like crazy. So I say they weren't going, how many times I say this, Judy? They're either not deep enough, it's either under bedrock, or they're just in the wrong spot. How many times, you know? Uh, uh, prove me wrong, though. Prove me wrong in the last couple of 10-foot cans. Prove me wrong, please. Yes, that would be nice. Prove John wrong, please. And here's that new uh, ground-penetrating radar that they're using for the extension of the stone road so they can go by the hot spots that they can't dig and they can continue on if it's in the area they can dig. Judy? I think this is working really well. Um, I think they will find something there. I'm sure of it now. I like the way it showed on the on their little tablet. You can see yeah. you can see this that it's showing the path, the stones. See the two stones in front of his finger. Yes, yeah. The two little slits there, and it also shows the depth at three feet, and three feet is where all the stone pathways are. For guys, I want to call it a a dry dock, because that's what I was telling Laird. Well, at this three foot level that they took all the muck off the stone roads. Shouldn't we be finding a ton, a ton of artifacts if that those were roads or those were paths all over the place? Because if that was worked and done, people would be dropping things all over the place. You know what I mean, Judy? Yeah, I certainly think so, John. But, boy, they sure have somebody cleaned that place up good. B.C. After nine years, I think they know they're digging in the wrong spot. I don't know, BC. I don't know. Go by science. And then on the other end, you got Spooner, Dr. Spooner Silver. We got a war room full of silver, and we got a dump load uh, full of silver we got to find at the C1 area. I didn't see no silver coming up yesterday. No, none. I mean, sometimes you got to ask about the science. I'm the most positive person in the world that it comes to the Curse of Oak Island. I want them to find something. You know, imagine. The determination they have. You know what I mean, Judy? Right, for sure. Yeah, I don't think they're certainly going to give it up. And I hope, especially for the fellowship's sake, that they do find something. Then they found this man-made doohickey. Spike. Nail. I think, is that the one that um, uh, Gary called a fastener? Hmm. Could be. There's no place to label this stuff. You know what I mean? I, sh- I wish when I did screenshots, I can put on the side of the picture what it was and from, but it's just too much work for me. Lucky I get the picture up there. 
you do just fine, John. Oof. And there's our main man. There's Laird Niven. This came out blurry, so we'll go to the next one. I couldn't. I put it on crispier. I couldn't get it to clear up. I don't know what the heck that thing is. And this wow. is on uh, Fred Nolan's old maps from 30 years ago. Remember this? The old tunnel entrance that they found that was the uh, Pine Tar Kill? Yes, I do remember. And I guess that's what they want the path to go up to. But I thought the path was going towards the money pit. I did too, John. Um, I'm wondering if it goes to the kiln and then to the money pit. I don't know. All right, guys, explain to this this one to me. This is Johnny. I'm getting older by the minute. I thought the path they were watching and the path they were x-raying, I thought that short path was going from the swamp to the money pit. Now I think what they're saying is the path is going to the pine tar kill. Do I got that right? Or am I really losing it every day? Well, that's how I took it, John, and, and that's how I wrote it in the synopsis. Michael, where the hell you been, Michael? My main man. Hi, Michael. There's the pie, pine tar kill. And this is where they're going to try to dig to get that gold piece that they found in that other hole. Dot the dot, you got to come on pretty shortly. This is the FDR, how they used to drill. And this is the piece of concrete they found on the wash table. So, Michael, did you hear, uh, you probably watched the program last night. Is the walkway that they're doing past and going to the money pit? Or is it going to the pine tire kill? There's a little old spike they're finding on the pathway. You know what I mean, Judy? Yes, I. Yeah, now I'm really confused, John. But uh, it, it, that's what they said. I'm sure they did. You know, because dot to dot, he does all those overlays, and he brings in the right scale on top of each thing. I can't do that. You know what I mean, Judy? Right, Michael, help us out there. They think it may be splitting. Okay, Michael, thank you. Oh, okay. I got the maps. But I don't have them in order. I think. I don't know. And there's the claw hammer they found on this pathway, either going to the money pit, and I guess it splits as Michael from the dot to dot. Go support his channel, dot to dot on YouTube. It's got fantastic stuff, guys. Fantastic stuff. Going to the money pit area and also the pine tar. Both. Now, did they say that last night, Judy, that the the path is going to both? I can't remember that. I, I don't remember that either. Daniel says he uh, he thinks that the pathways to the money pit veers off and went to the pine tar killing. Well, what does that mean? 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Send us a picture, Daniel. <laughs> it splits, but it goes to both areas. It goes to the money pit, and it, you, you take the Y in the road, I guess. You go one way, you go to the pine tar kill, and the other way, you go to the money pit. That's how I'm understanding it, right? Right. That, that makes sense if it goes both. Okay, thanks, Daniel. Another pathway, Daniel says. We're finding these pieces of metal here, like in uh, on the wash table. They show Marty. He's probably going bananas, Marty, now after that one didn't show anything. Yes. They're looking for gold. They're always finding gold on these metal pieces, Daniel. Not a lot, but that's what's driving them. You know what I mean, Judy? There's gold on these little scrap pieces of metal. That's what's driving them to put these canisters there. Exactly. Um, they got to find out if there's more there. All right. Here on the right side, they're looking. You see that 4.5 there, Judy? Yes. That's where the second can's going to go. Okay. Because they found uh, some gold on some metal, also in 4.5. So they're putting a 10-footer right there next to C1. C1's right in the middle. It's almost 95% iron, that metal stuff. And there's Dunfield's dig location. You see the dots around the outside, Judy? Yes. So, again, That's him. Oh, okay. 90% of this can is in the Dunfield spoils. And the only reason why C1 is because we want 170 feet. C1's in the middle. You can say, right. you can say that's in Dunfield's dig location also, but we went down to 170 feet where they hit that void. So they bypassed everything, you know what I mean? Right. We'll see, won't we? So we're going more and more towards the head and shaft. Let's see what they can pull up. That's the old wood from what was it, 1409 or something like that, 1408. It's the old wood they found there. That's what, yes. that's what they're going to dig now. And that's that metal piece. And there's just another thing on the board that uh, Steve was showing. Here's Robot's Theory. I like all these guys here. Robot's Theory. Depositors had to figure any Spanish markings, had to disfigure the markings with mercury, then heat the gold and mercury in a pine tar kill to distill the mercury back out. To disguise the people's gold coins and bars, you got to disfigure it and remelt it. You know what I mean, Judy? Right. I get it. Okay. Well, that could, could be what they were doing. Could be another possibility. 
So we know where they're going next week. And the next week it's called a blast from the past. So there's something to do with dynamite next week. So stay tuned. Like Kathy the Hook says, stay tuned. <laughs> right there. And those are the pieces they found in that section. That's why they're putting that 10-foot can there. That's a little closer look as they showed us on the uh, TV on the War Room, Judy. Yes. And those dots and slashes going all the way around is the Dunfield spoils. And that's what's happening. What do you think of that, guys? I'm certainly happy you can read that, John. Remember, them squares are five by five by five. You know what I mean? Yes. But all those squiggles get you a little confused. Yeah. But, uh, you know, why would they have roads going to a secret treasure? You know what I mean? Why would you have an arrow and markings on a stone? The treasure's this way. Right. That's what BC just said. And then um, Linda said... um, uh, but it was also covered up. Right. Good night, Hook. Thank you, Kathy, for your help. Good night, Kathy. So you wouldn't see this stuff because it was covered with muck and everything. Daniel says you wouldn't have a road going to treasure. So <laughs> I wonder if he knows something we don't. No, if you got a treasure off a boat and you're going to an island, that a big boat can't get close to, and you got all your little scuttle bolts with a couple of tre- treasures, you're just going to go on the island, dig something 30 feet deep, or use a hole that was already there. You know what I mean? Right. That's all I think about. All this complex stuff uh, could be a sinkhole, could not be a sinkhole, could it be dug out. As far as the scientific proof, I don't see it. I don't see the scientific proof that there's a boat in the swamp. I don't see scientific proof of it at the money pit. That's not saying it might be on the west side anything. You know what I mean, Judy? Right. Well, hopefully they'll move there, John, if they don't find anything in the money pit area. But the money pit, don't forget the production side. It's a lot easier to say we're digging in the money pit and saying, oh, we're digging on lot four, which one would, you, would would get more interest? You know what I mean? Right. You know darn well which one. All righty. Well, that's it for today. And we'll go for a little bit of next week, next Tuesday. Uh, I'll be on 7.15 pre-show uh, for next Tuesday's Blast for the Past. And Daniel, it was a quick stashing, and you leave no trace. If you have pants and roses, that's massive activity for over a long period of time. Exactly, Professor. Exactly. You know, but before I see a Tuesday pre-show, I hope we get a good crowd for Vanessa Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time, Judy. Yes, come on, everybody. Come and uh, have a listen to Vanessa. And then we'll have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday show next week. Oh, my lordy, 40. You're going to be busy. Yep. 
Well, let's look at the couple of promos for next week. Okay, guys? Did you guys like that uh, Spoon Dog clip I put on Facebook? That was funny, wasn't it? That really was. <laughs> there you go, Didi. Well, Jack, I don't know about this beard. I don't know. It doesn't do nothing for me, but maybe it does something for him. I don't know. No, it sure doesn't me either. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, that's not my my thing at all. There he goes. Whatever floats his boat. So this is next week. It's called Blast from the Past. And this is something about that's writing with iron-based ink. Look at that one, Judy. Yeah, really. Now that's going to be interesting. The bright spots are writings. And they used iron-based ink. An explosive clue renews hope. So that goes with the title, Blast from the Past. Right, guys? Right. Stephen, I don't think they've reached any silver. Nothing. And Daniel's calling me the stem dog. That's all right. That's good. <laughs> and there's just showing they're scooping out that new... Case on next to the other side of C1. I don't know what they called that one, but I heard them say something about Kia One, whatever that means. Kia One, Kia One. Because we'll learn next week, you know, they did this one TF1, right, Judy? Right, yes. So we got to find out what they named this next one. There's the big pistons working on the case on. And there's Marty. Looking for answers like we are. Getting answers via web. And this guy, he's the one saying about the iron-based ink. No names for these guys. This is coming off the promo. <laughs> Ken Larson, they hit bedrock or stone yesterday. Hit bedrock, Ken, and they're out of that hole. They're doing another hole on the other side of C1. They're out of there. And this other guy, he's the one saying about the dynamite. No names for these guys. This is on the promo now. So they don't tell you much on the promo, you know, Judy? Right. Yeah, just enough to make you want to come back next week. This is what he showed on his screen. What this is, I have no idea. Just showing you guys what I got. This flat piece. Came out of the new caisson, which I have no name for it. And what do you guys think of this? If you want to blow it up or whatever. Jack took it off the wash table coming out of this new caisson next to C1. He says it looks like parchment. You see any writings on it? I have no idea. It does have shiny pieces on it. Yep, I took that looks like blue. Maybe could be blue ink. I don't know. No, I took a couple of pictures for you guys to see it. I know you guys like to uh, screenshot it and blow it up and see what you guys can see. There's a clearer picture. I don't have Photoshop or nothing. I just got regular Google, Facebook pictures. You know what I mean, guys? 
Michael can be right on this. There you go, Michael. Ashley Leather. Could be. I have no idea until I get it tested. You know what I mean? Those are the three pictures I took. Could it be a piece of anything, you know, guys? Michael just said he, he it could be a, a piece of vellum. What the heck's vellum? Don't know. I was hoping you would know. <laughs> Which pictures is clear? That picture is clear. But uh, that's for next week. They said they use it for uh, TNT. We got parchment. We got bright spots on writings. That was iron-based ink. Okay. And there's dot to dot. Leather made for writing. Uh-oh. Or fancy paper. Oh, my lordy forty. Mm. Volume is parchment for writing made from a skin like a deer skin or something i gotcha you guys right, are, you, got you guys are the best <laughs> so that's what we got for tonight like i said we'll see you monday night with uh vanessa should be a great show like usual seven o'clock eastern time monday night there always could be changes watch the facebook group or watch the youtube channel hit that subscribe button on the youtube it's all free. If you want to join the channel, that starts at $2.99 a month. I thank you so much on the paid side. And Daniel says, there goes Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. We don't want to lose Shakespeare's documents. Page one, volume 84. There you go. Virginia, it's Lordy 40. Lordy 40. Holy Lordy 40. Lordy Corey. Whatever you want to say. That's up to you. All right. Judy, if you want to say your goodbyes, then I'll say my goodbyes and we'll get out of here. All righty. Hey, guys, uh, been a good night tonight. Uh, thank you so much, always, for um, telling me I do a good job. It means so, more to, so more, much more to me than I can put into words, obviously. Time to quit, I guess. So everybody have a good week. Please join us on Monday night. Uh, I know that I'm looking forward to seeing Vanessa. And in the meantime, everyone, stay safe, please. You too, John. Okay, thank you so much, Judy. You did a fantastic job, and it'll be in print on the Facebook side uh, shortly once I get done out down here in the studio. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, members, always go forward. You may get a setback, but just believe in your dreams. Never give up. I never give up. You keep smiling. You be kind. For tomorrow's a never given. People need a lot of prayers out there. This world is getting crazier by the day, by the minute. 
So you stay strong, you stay positive, you stay safe as you can. I thank you for joining me and Judy tonight. I hope you enjoyed the show. And I hope you come back to see me and Vanessa Lucido, the owner of Rock, Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, take care and bye-bye.